0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's open up with a great hand clap of praise for Jesus today. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's give him a hand clap for those who can't be with us today. Those who are at home sick would rather be here praising the Lord in the house today. Hallelujah! 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 We praise you. We glorify your name, Lord. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord. Just welcome everyone to the house of the Lord this afternoon. So thankful to see you here. I know we have many out today. uh, For Sickness for various reasons, but we just uh, uplift them in prayer in the name of Jesus, those who are sick and cannot be with us. we just uplift them with our prayers and speak Jesus over them. hallelujah we're thankful for Brother Kyle to be with us today he's been going through it this week and we've been speaking Jesus over him and that that sickness because Jesus is over every sickness, every disease, His name is the name above, every name. Amen, hallelujah. So we thank the Lord that he can be with us today, hallelujah, and we just praise his holy name. Let's continue to remember uh, Sister Deborah in our prayers, uh, just found out she is still in the hospital, had not yet put the cast on, so we speak Jesus over uh, that that foot and the healing to go forth completely, hallelujah, and so she can have that cast on there and uh, get it to... Uh, the therapy that she needs and get back on her feet so we uplift her in our prayers today as well amen and so uh, just a few announcements this morning looks like we have about three birthdays this week Uh, starting out with uh, Maya they're not with us this morning but her birthday is on tomorrow so we will give her a hand clap (laughs) wish her a happy birthday and then I just had mentioned Sister Deborah, her birthday looks like it's on Tuesday, and so we definitely wish her a happy birthday. And then looks like uh, Brother Chris has one on Wednesday, Chris Limson on Wednesday, so we'll give Brother Chris a hand clap. Praise the Lord. So that's our birthdays for the week, and uh, I want to just uh, remind everybody that we know uh, we are now going to be below freezing for four, five, six days, some another like that. It's going to be frigid, and so and and beyond that, we're going to get some snow of some sort. We are under a uh, winter weather warning, so that means it's going to, it's, it's going to happen. sis I'm sorry, it's going to happen. It's winter time, twenty starting this evening. It's supposed to be so. <laughs> But uh, with uh, service in mind, we have our Wednesday Bible study. We're not canceling right now. We're going to uh, wait and see what happens. Transpires could get the roads clear, but if we, if it comes about that service does need to be canceled on Wednesday, you'll be notified by the app uh, or by a text message on the phone. The app is a great thing to have. Uh, if you don't already have it, it's great to have uh, for things like that. So we'll we'll notify you whether or not, There will be Wednesday Bible study, but uh, I'm praying and believing that even if we get the snow, they're saying it's going to be the kind of the dry, powdery kind. It won't take long to get the roads clear, Uh, so it's not like we're going to get a bunch of uh, sleet and rain and freezing rain, which is great, you know, if it's just the powdery kind, we can can handle that, we can handle that, but anyway, uh, also... Two weeks from today, we will have a uh, outreach meeting after service. It's not next Sunday. It's two weeks uh, from today on the 28th. Uh, we will be doing that, just updating you on the uh, plans for the year, some things we'll have uh, looking forward to this year in 2024. we got that set for two weeks from today on the 28th. Uh, coming up in February, uh, I snagged this from the greeting desk out there. We're going to have our uh, annual Valentine's dinner. And we're going to do like last year, uh, we're going to set aside certain time frames that you can, when you buy your tickets, you can set aside a time frame that you want to come and eat. And so that worked out great last year, it just divided everybody up where it wasn't everybody all at once, and and so you'll be able to do that. You can do that on the app, you can go to the church website, and it'll direct, uh, direct you to events, and you can... Uh, uh, get your tickets online, schedule your time online. If you remember how we did it last year, it'd be, it's real simple and easy. We want you everyone's participation in the church and also just family, friends, different ones. This is a way we do to, to uh, have some money for outreach for the year. And uh, so just uh, share it with anyone that you want to. On this paper, there's one on the uh, board out in the hallway down there on the bulletin board. There's a QR code right down here. You can also scan that with your phone and it'll take you right where you need to go to be able to uh get your get your tickets there. February 10th is when it is. That's what I was looking for today. February 10th is Saturday. So uh let's uh let's get behind and support this, and it's a great way to um uh get some money for our uh, outreach for the year. We're looking forward to that. It worked out great last year. Oh, this year. We're actually doing uh, catering through Demas. So last year, Kessie worked really hard. Uh, Michelle and I made some uh, marinara sauce. Kessie did the was it chicken alfredo? Yeah, Alfredo sauce. And uh, we worked. Uh, she worked really hard. It was really good. Had a lot of good reviews on that. So Demas has got a they got a hard hard climb to do to get past your Alfredo sauce she did last year. But but we're gonna do it with Demas uh, this year. And so uh, I'm going to set this back out there, and everybody can look at that later on. But I believe that's announcements for today. Uh, Brother Pat is going to come up and give us our devotion uh, this afternoon. So we're going to invite him on up, give a devotion. And after devotion's done, the praise team's going to come, lead us into worship.
1: Well, praise God, everybody.
2: You know, to follow after Christ is to be Christian-like. To be a Christian, we have to be like Christ. My main verse today is Romans the twelfth chapter, the first and second verse. It said, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service." Now it said it was your reasonable, so it's not hard to live for God. That's what it just said. It's so easy, but people have a hard time following it, just like Joshua did. Go, uh, Jonah did going to Nineveh this morning in, the, in the Sunday school. we got to learn to go. When Christ says go, we go. And it's in the second verse says, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, if we don't go through a transformation, well, my tongue got twisted there. If we don't go through that uh, change, in other words, we're going to have a problem with God. God's going to have a problem with us. When we go down that water and we take on his name, we got to be like him. A lot of people that come to church and they leave their religion back in here, and they leave, and it's, they leave it in here again. They don't take it with them. We've got to serve God every day 24 hours a day we got to make sure God knows that we're serving him. If we fall asleep on God, he's going to wake us up, and we might not like the way he wakes us up. Hmm? Matthew 5 and 48 said, Be ye therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Ah, now, see, that's a, that's a scripture you don't hear a lot of preachers preach on because nobody's perfect. Wrong. Man can always find something wrong with another man. But in Jesus Christ, he has his way of determining how we live for him. If he's satisfied with our life with him, not no other man, just him. He's the way we got to look to. He's the one we have to make sure, Lord, am I doing this right? Huh? Whatever we hear. Hebrews two and one says, uh let, um Hebrews two and one. Hang on, the devil's working, but I got it anyway. <laughs> Hebrews two and one says, Therefore we ought to give more honesty. To the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So many people forget what they got when they got their salvation. I say people need to wake up and realize they got their salvation. Come on. God is here to say, hey, you do it or you don't do it at all. You got your mind to make up, not me. God don't make us live for Him. God don't make us go after His word. God tells us to, and we either do it or we don't. It's up to us what we do.
3: There's nothing worth more
0: I'd rather be here in your love. Maybe you'd rather be in Bora Bora somewhere in the southern Pacific. Maybe you'd rather <laughs> where it's warmer brother. Maybe you'd rather be in one of the beautiful national parks around the world. No place I'd rather be in than his love. Hallelujah. The love of Jesus, hallelujah. To be in His presence, hallelujah. To be lost in His presence, to just feel Him all around me more and more and more, hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to the name of the Lord. Everything else can take a back seat, sidestep to the right or left, hallelujah. I don't want anything but more of Jesus, hallelujah. More of His presence in my life, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we can have that. He has not limited Himself to us. We are complete in Him. The Scripture has said we're complete in Him. Complete in His love. Perfect in His love. So we hold ourselves back. Amen? Hallelujah. We are ones holding ourselves back from His presence. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. No place I'd rather be than in the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. I was talking about this morning in Sunday school about Jonah. And and Jonah tried to get away from that presence of God. <laughs> he didn't he didn't want no part of it because God had told him to go to a people he didn't love, to a people he didn't care about, to a people he didn't want to see saved. He tried to flee the presence of God, but it didn't happen. It did not happen. He had. He finally gave in when he figured out he was going to survive in the belly of that fish that was prepared by God. He was going to survive that, and, and he brought himself to repentance and, and went and did what the Lord asked him to do. But he still wasn't happy about it. He still wasn't happy. But I want to always be in the presence of the Lord. He may ask me to do something sometime that I don't want to do. Be careful what you say you don't want to do. For the Lord, if there's somebody you don't like, if there's a particular place you don't like, be careful that you what you might say that I'll never go there, or I'll I i do not want to do this, I don't. Be careful, be careful. What happened to Jonah? Be careful what you say. You don't. Want. You I have seen it, and it's found in many of your Scripture in the Bible, and many a testimony of people that uh, the very place they did not want to go and be a missionary, they went. Come on, somebody. Be careful what you say you don't want to do. There was a day when I said, I I do not and will not be a preacher. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. I did not want no part, and it wasn't anything to do with my father or my grandfather. You know, they lived a life uh, decent and good and proving uh, uh, the Word of God. It was not nothing of them. I just wanted no part of it. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to do it. But y'all know where we stand now, don't you? So don't tell the Lord what you don't want to (laughs) do. Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. And all the time, give him one more hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to wait upon you this morning for tithes and offerings for the week. Uh, thanking the Lord for his uh, provision and to give back to the kingdom of God. It all belongs to the Lord anyhow. And uh, so we're going to do our part and get back to the kingdom of God so it can be used as he sees fit. Amen? And you can give uh, if, uh, on the app if you have the app, or you can go out to the help desk out there uh, and give that way. Or you can always still give just on the, the church website, ChristFamilyChurchNashville.org and still give there. So this has been made very convenient for you to give us your money. Praise the Lord. And we thank the Lord for that. But- Let's just ask the blessings on the tithes and offerings for the week. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your presence. Lord, we always want to be closer to you. Help us to be closer to you, Father, and rebuke our flesh. Lord, now as we uh, receive the tithes and offerings for the week, we thank you for making provision. We speak Jesus over this offering. Bless both the gift and the giver this afternoon. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everybody say Amen. amen. God bless you as you give today. trading my sickness, trading my sorrow, saying yes to the Lord. That made me think of 1 John chapter 4 and 17. 1 John 4 and 17, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, and He is capitalized as Jesus is, So are we in this world. Hallelujah. In this world where we are right now. Jesus is not sick. He is not weary. He is not fearful. He is none of those things. He cannot be any of those things. And as He is, so are we in this world. So let's not claim sickness over us. Let's not claim diseases and diagnoses over us. Let's claim Jesus over us. Because as He is, so are we in this world. In this present time. And say, hallelujah, glory to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Praise His holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise His holy name. We're going to ask Sister J. Lee to come on up at this time. She's going to sing us a, a special. And, this, and let's worship the Lord one more time before we turn the service over to Pastor uh, this afternoon. When she gets done singing, we're going to turn it over to Pastor. We're going to forego the meet and greet today. Uh and uh but we have, you know, plenty of uh of the hand sanitizer and hot water in the bathrooms. Keep yourselves clean and, and fresh and we speak Jesus over everybody in the name of the Lord anyway. Those things may have but Jesus is stronger than that stuff I just mentioned. Amen. Jesus is over all that, amen. And nobody's gonna get sick today in this house. Hallelujah. I speak Jesus over every soul in a house today. Hallelujah. Blue has no place Hallelujah. over the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to the name of the Lord.
3: Thank you, Jesus. I got no I didn't know what to see. I said, You think what's on
1: your heart. And this is the song she picked, so. Stand. Glory to God. People on this side, wave. People on that side. People on that side, wave on this side. We're going to dismiss for Children's Church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We don't want to spread no no germs around, so we're doing it this way because there's so much sickness going around. Uh, of course, it wouldn't hurt for some of my good looks to rub off on Brother Paul over there. But, uh, glory <laughs> to God, Amen. You can be seated, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, i'm going to be down here at you today and uh, uh if you uh if you one who likes to see uh pastor jump up and down and holler and uh, get all red in the face, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm not going to do a whole lot of that today uh we'll get down to some uh, uh, some teaching. What I'm going to be doing today is um, uh, is doing some pastoring, uh, and uh, uh, this is something our our motto for for this year. And I know because of the weather and the there's a lot we can't begin to do, but I'm going to keep it out in front of everybody that we got to keep it foremost in our mind that we're going to do more in 24. We're going to reach more in 24. And I hear God calling us to do that. And when I came in to the Bible class this uh, morning after my prayer and study uh, in my office, uh, I was glad the message that was going on in here because what I'm going to be doing is just going to fall right in behind that as uh uh God was interested in saving people everywhere uh not just in one place and uh uh jonah uh he did not want to be a part of the program of what God wanted to do, and I have already cast a vision and I know what God wants in this coming year and I don't so I don't want to be one of the ones to be like Jonah and say well I don't want a part of that I want to be a part of what God's doing I want to be a part because we are getting so close to this thing winding up I mean uh Listening to the news and reading uh, reading the papers, nowadays almost on a daily basis, it's almost like reading the Bible, being full right and left. And uh, God is concerned, and and I got something that's been in my spirit for some time. And I'm actually considering and praying about doing my first book and uh, and writing a book titled God's Number One Priority. Uh, we might be surprised, but God's number one priority is not seeing you in church running the house. He's not concerned about all these other extracurricular activities that we do. God's number one priority is souls. There's nothing more important to God than souls, nothing. And if it's important to God, it ought to be important to us, because is not God shown that He's uh, the things that's important to us is important to Him. When we have needs, and we, well, I mean, God, God uh, cares for that. Uh, and God's number one priority is souls. And uh one of the m- biggest hindrances uh to reaching more is that the church as a whole, for some reason or another, and it's kind of got a little bit of the spirit of of uh, Jonah in there and it, it may not be because you got actually hate for somebody, but we have a we have a hard time speaking truth to people one on one. Uh maybe because uh we don't want to hurt their feelings. We know they believe different. Uh and and I tell you what I, because I, I feel this message so strong today. I'm going to I'm going to open up with you about me. Let me you might be surprised to know that trying to talk to some people out in the world one on one is difficult for me at many times. Many times, especially when I have to uh, if if it's needful to confront a certain thing with somebody. See, it's a big difference. When I'm standing behind the pulpit under the anointing of God preaching a word, uh, uh like one fellow uh said one time about about me, a guy uh, was talking and said, Well pre- uh, the preachers just uh, don't want to speak the truth today because they don't wanna hurt nobody's feelings. He said, that my pastor he said he don't care whose feelings it hurts. <laughs> uh but that's why that's why I'm under anointing behind the pulpit. But when I get out in the real world, some things I find a little difficult and it's kind of hard for me to do. And God started directing me uh, three or four weeks ago, this is something that we need to do. If we're going to see this goal met this coming year, if we're going to reach more, we're going to have to open up ourselves. We're going to have to be willing to talk to folks. We're going to have to be willing, amen, to... To uh, deal with things that's uncomfortable. Now I'm going to open up my scripture, and it's it's one just one verse, and it's very short. But we're going to read Galatians chapter four and verse sixteen. And in this scripture, Apostle Paul asked a question. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come today. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in this house that you have provided us. And that we have dedicated for the worship of your name and the declaration of your word, and now, Lord, as I get into this message that I do believe that you have put my spirit in my soul, I ask God for revelation, I ask God for direction, Lord, and open up the hearts of the people that we may hear we may do also in Jesus holy, mighty name. Let the church say, God bless you, you can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak today on the subject titled, What Does Real Love Do? That's the question that I want to address. What does real love do. Now, it's an issue as old as man's existence on the earth. It's questions that we think a lot of times. Should I or shouldn't I be honest or truthful with those who are in my family, my friends, neighbors, co-workers, whoever, when it comes to addressing what is right or addressing salvation or just plain truth on any critical issue. Even should I or should I be truthful to them even if I know it might hurt them or even alienate them from me for a time. And the question is what, would real love do? I've been placed in this position. I have been there. I have been I've had things put up on me where because of the calling on my life, I would have to make a stand and speak truth to people that I knew would disagree. And I've had family members walk out on me and not have any contact for a long, long time. I've been there. I know what it is. But here's the question. If you're a child of God, you understand that this life is going to, is very short and that eternity is very long. And if you've got family members who's not saved, are you just going to, just every time you're around them, keep your mouth shut because you don't want to start an argument or you don't want to hurt somebody or you don't want to offend somebody? If you really love that person, you don't want to see them lost. So will that love that you have for that person cause you to risk something, risk the truth? There's a term that was coined by Dr. James Dodson several years ago in a book that he put out called Love Must Be Tough. But the idea has been around since biblical times apostle Paul loved the people in all the churches that he founded and he felt as if they were his children and he their spiritual father as you read his writings and you hear what he says what he actually uh, calls different people by name in the Bible he talked about Timothy my, my son and the Lord not his natural son but uh, uh, he came came up under him, and, and Apostle Paul led him to Christ and baptized him in Jesus' name. I, amen. He became his spiritual father, and he loved all the people, and he considered them all. All the churches that he helped uh, find uh, found from time to time, and because of that love, there were times that he had to be stern and risk losing their affection. Because he cared for their souls and desired them to grow in Christ, folks. The Lord placed trouble upon my heart, and He told me, "He said, if we're going to follow what we're talking about, reaching more in twenty-four, there's some of us that's not been really talking to other people, family members, or friends, or whatever, just because of what I'm talking about right here." Amen. You 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 don't want to stir up nothing. Amen. But we gotta think about if we really love that individual. Amen. Um, uh, if uh Nineveh was going to be saved, even though they were uh some of the most cruelest people at that time there was, if you should know, know the history about it. If an animal was going to be spared and saved and not destroyed, there had to be somebody willing to go to tell them something that they ain't heard before. Amen. And we, uh, of the faith that we're at, not only are we uh, uh, should be devoted to the lost and the people never have come to the Lord whatsoever, There, there are people that we know that may be in church, but they're not in the right church. I, I will tell you right up front: I do not, I do not espouse the belief that I've heard a lot of people say. Well, as long as they're in, in church somewhere, it don't matter what church. Man, I'm gonna tell you something: that's the devil sitting on your shoulder making you believe that. Hallelujah, Amen. Because there, there are too many false prophets. There are too many that's concerned more for money, for fame. Amen. Hallelujah. I guarantee you if I wanted to get rich pre- uh, preaching, I, I'd have never started preaching. i had done something else. Amen. But we have got to be willing, and we if, if we really believe, what we say we believe about who Jesus is and what the power of God is and the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we have got to share this with people. We've got to be willing. Amen. And getting back to what I was talking about the Apostle uh, 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 Paul, because of the love that he had for people, there were times that he had to be stern and risk losing their affection because he cared for their souls and desired them to grow in Christ. Thus his love at times was tough. Amen. But unfortunately there were many in the churches of Galatia who didn't understand his straightforward manner, thinking he was mean, he was hurtful, and he was uncaring. Amen. So in writing to them he asked the question, Have I become your enemy just because I've told you the truth? Have I become your enemy just because I've told you the truth? As believers and proponents of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are to be lights in this dark world. Amen? We are to be salt to a bland and unseasoned world. And more times than not, it will offend those that we speak to and you will... More times than not, if you're upright and right and you're truthful with people, it's going gonna, it's gonna to offend them. And I promise you, if you speak truth and tell some somebody something that's going to help them or it's going to benefit, I guarantee you, you're either going to be Accused of judging, amen. Are not are not having the love of God when in fact it's the very love of God that's causing you to be open with them and share with them and tell them. Hallelujah. Well, what will real love do? when you know the path that they are on will lead to hurt, harm, and judgment. There's two things today that I'm going to be talking about in this lesson as I'm preaching to you today. And the first one is that love will speak up. Love will speak up. A genuine love won't hold back the truth, but will speak up even if it wounds somebody. Real love will be honest and say what needs to be said even if it stings. Hallelujah. The wounds of a friend are faithful because a true friend's criticism or candid speech is based on a relationship that is loyal, sincere, trustworthy, and authentic. Church. We can rely on a friend who loves enough not to hide his or her true feelings when it comes to our well being. Amen. I mean you got you got somebody that's uh having an issue with drugs or alcohol or some other thing that's uh that's harming their body and you 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 know what's what's going to happen, and you see it coming down the road. Or are you just going to stay quiet and try to talk to them some kind of way and tell them? Because uh, it's uh, we're talking about their well-being here. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, verse six. Look at what it says. Faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You better watch out for those are always hugging you around the neck. They might have something in their hand. <laughs> Amen. I'd rather, I'd rather have somebody be honest with me. Hello? I, I said I'd rather have somebody be honest with me. Let's look at that scripture again in, a, in, a, in a, uh, another translation, God's Word. Look what it says. Wounds made by a friend are intended to help. But an enemy's kisses are too much to bear. Amen. This is the Bible here, folks. Amen. And it says, wounds made by a friend. Everybody needs friends. Close enough friends that's going to be honest with you. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean... I appreciate the brothers in my life that there have been a few times. Now, I'm I'm, I'm really telling off on myself now, but I'd be be in uh, talking with uh, uh, another brother or something, and one of them, uh, and maybe I'm fixing to go out in a bigger crowd or whatever, and they'll uh, pull me off the side and say, uh, uh, you better check the barn door, brother. Whew, I know it went over somebody's head, but I think most of you know what I'm talking about. I uh, I uh, I appreciate somebody thought enough about me to let me know. Years ago, pastor in Bowling Ring, Kentucky, I had to do a funeral and uh uh my suits I had in the the cleaners, and this funeral come up unexpectedly. And there was a lady in the church. uh, Her husband had had passed away, and uh, she came up to me one Sunday, and she says, uh, 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 "Pastor says, uh, I got, I got uh, a suit in in my closet while my uh, uh, husband," and says just by look looking you saw. So I, I think you you and him was about the same size. He said she said, It's a body five hundred suit. And I said, Oh well, yeah, I bring it to me so and uh and, and I, I took it and I'd had it dry cleaned, and it was the only one that was hanging up in my closet and it's the only one I had at the time. Well I got called for that uh, uh funeral and uh, the funeral home uh, uh, there was an organ, and uh, and in, in the front part, and there was no nobody else to play. I've always been stuck being the one having to be the chief cook and bottle water, a bottle washer everywhere I go. I had to, Sister Darlene sung, and I played the organ for her. And then I, when I was over with, uh, I had to come up there to uh, to speak, you know. And uh, uh, when I when I got up. Uh, from that organ, I felt I felt something, and uh, it had a plastic zipper on it, and that thing it, it, uh, it just, and there was about this much of my white shirt tail sticking out. <laughs> I said, "What in the world am I going to do? I got to get up there." I took I took my, my Bible and I held it right here, you know, and walked on up there. Come to find out, her husband had been dead 10 years, and that coat, that suit was in there done dry-rotted. So, uh, you know, I would appreciate some friends letting me know what's going on. Amen. I mean, same same token, if you know, you, you got a friend, uh, you have a friend uh, that's close to you, and uh, wounds made by a friend I attended, you know, and... Uh, uh maybe uh uh you ate a little bit too much fish the night before, and that uh that breath you got on stopping uh eight day clock you know i uh you know I'd be thankful somebody said, hey, you better check that breath, brother i mean, and they see so you know them, and they ain't doing it to be mean or critical nothing like it they they're just concerned that's what we're talking. That's what we're talking about here. Amen. So a genuine love won't hold back the truth, but will speak up even if it may wound somebody or sting just a little. Love will always speak up. When the love we have compels us to speak up, we risk causing pain. But remember sometimes, and listen to this, Sometimes a physician's treatment will cause you pain, but it's necessary for your healing. Amen? And also, one final thing before I move to the next part. I'm always amazed how some people will support wrong choices that friends and family members make or close friends, and they do it just to get along. My, my my biggest goal and desire is to stand behind you and support you in everything. But I don't look to uh, for brother Sammy to uh, support you if you're doing something wrong. Amen. I've seen I've been amazed sometimes. I've seen uh, supposedly Christian people congratulate other folks on social media in an area that they shouldn't be congratulating them. In. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So, when we love, and that compel, love compels us to speak up, we're going to risk causing pain. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. Let's read that. Love, now, this is the great love chapter. Now, uh, uh, and this is the English Standard Version. Uh, King James, as you know, uses the word charity but it mean, it means love and let's read these scriptures here love is patient and is kind love does not envy or boast is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not re- right there It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. If somebody gets out doing something that's not right, I'm not going to rejoice with you. I'm not going to be happy for you. I'm not going to congratulate you just to get along. If I get an opportunity and the Lord opens the door, I'm going to warn you before it's too late. Amen. You know what? I appreciate some people. Not everybody did it, but there was a few people in the younger days of my ministry while I was young. Uh, when uh, when God called me to preach, I, I was uh, kind of headstrong, and uh, um, I didn't, you know, I'm, you know, I just had certain ways of looking at things, but. Uh, I, I thought God wanted me to go ahead and just jump out there and start preaching, and that's what I did. You know, uh, at a very early age, fourteen. And now, as I look back on my life and I think about it, I, I may have done more harm than it did good in the first two or three years. I should have studied more, prayed more, uh, and uh, made sure what I said. But during those times, I appreciate the the elders that come to me pulled me to a side and say, uh, Brother Sammy, did you give me the scripture that you got there after you said today or tonight, whatever it was? I said, uh, well, I don't know right off hand, but I know I know it's true because I've heard it all my life, but uh, just because I found out, just because I heard something all my life do not mean it was biblical. And let me throw something in right now that may blow some people's mind right here. There's one such scripture that I've heard all my life, even from the older people. Oh, the coming of the Lord's right, uh, right, right at hand because the Bible says, at the end time you can't tell a uh, winter from summer except for the budding of the trees and the falling of the leaves. There ain't a verse in the Bible that says that. Oh, i got an old Bible. No, you don't. It's been handed down word and mouth. The Bible says, we all know what the promise made God made to Noah with the rainbow. And when God put that rainbow in there, God promised Noah. He said, as long as time remains, seed time and harvest will not fail. Amen. So, this other thing that I thought was in the scripture all the time couldn't be right. Just by that verse. Amen. And so I'm thankful for people who had come to me that helped me along in, in that way. The next thing I've got to I've got to move on. That love will do. Love will motivate. Now I've demonstrated how real love will cause you to speak up with the truth when you realize it's necessary for someone's well-being, especially their soul. The truth of the gospel must always be declared and preserved by everyone who have been blessed with the revelation and knowledge of the truth. If If you know the truth and you've been blessed and you've got that understanding, you've got a responsibility. You've got a responsibility. Amen. Jude uh, 1 in 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Contend. Yeah, you notice that word contend? Sometimes when you've got a uh, a boxing match lined up and everything and somebody's going to ch- uh, uh, challenge uh, the chapter and they'll talk about the young contender coming up. See, when you contend for something, you're ready to fight for it. You're ready to preserve it. Amen. And if, I, if God has enlightened truth to me, He's given that to me to pass on to some uh, somebody else, to help somebody else who don't see, who don't understand, who's never been, been taught. There's still a lot of people in this world that's never really been taught who Jesus is. There's still a lot of people who don't understand the difference in Acts 2.38, Matthew 28.19 and what it, what it means. Amen. And that every apostle, And deacon, whoever was baptized, always baptized according to the Acts 2.38 model. You can't find one place. But everybody don't have that understanding because they have been taught something else. Don't you think if I have that understanding, I have an obligation? And and beyond that, there's way too many people in this world and there's too many. Too many sorry preachers getting up behind the pulpit telling people that baptism, water baptism, don't have nothing to do with your salvation. Will you explain to me why I don't? When the Bible says we get baptized for remission of sins. What does remission mean? Forgiveness. But we've got a world of church-going people don't understand that. Hallelujah. It's necessary. Amen. It's necessary. We need. You. Hallelujah. But let me get on to this this part that I'm talking about. Uh, we have no other option. I just read to you in Jude, but to contend for the faith, the one true faith which was once delivered to us by the apostles of Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of people said, why in the world do you want to stress um, uh, apostolic doctrine? Because the Bible says that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. If the apostles preached it, I'm going to preach it. If they declared it, I'm going to declare it. Because they're the ones Jesus put in charge of his church before he went away. Hallelujah. We don't follow no other guideline. We don't follow a denominational guideline of any kind. But if the apostles preached it, we need to preach it. Hallelujah. Amen. So the one true faith which was once delivered to us by the apostles of Jesus Christ if it means becoming alienated, ostracized, condemned, or even persecuted, and and that's coming, that's closer to what you think. Real love for God, real love for the gospel, and real love for souls of sinners will always compel us to contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. But, the motivation for speaking up and speaking out cannot be with a proud, arrogant, or know-it-all attitude. Now, what, what I'm telling you today is not to be done when you going out here with an attitude, well, I know more than this one does and that one does. It's pride and arrogance and a know-it-all attitude is not should not be your motivation. Hallelujah. The motivation should always be love. And that's what Douglas brought up this morning. Love. That ought to be our motivation. that makes us to risk some things. And we love people. We love souls. Real love is our motivation. And that is how we need to do it. As the Bible says, in Ephesians four fourteen and 15, let's read it. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cutting craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. That's it. That's the motivation. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head, Christ. Speaking the truth in love. I can tell you truth, but I can still be wrong in the way I tell it to you. I've got to love is what's got to motivate me. If love is not motivating me, I'm wasting my time. Hallelujah. We've got to have that love. Uh, there's a saying that uh, I've heard a lot and I've seen it. Uh, and it's really good. Uh, and if we're just jumping around and, uh, and we got a proud attitude, well, we, we know more than this one or we know more. Than that one because we've studied this and studied that, and if that's what's motivating us and that's what's pushing us and what's pulling our see, this is the saying the world don't care how much you know until it knows how much you care. If you're really going to reach somebody, you're going to have to use love to do it. You can't take the Bible. And beat him over the head with it. Amen. He that wins souls is wise. You've got to be wise to win souls. Amen. you got to show a real love for somebody. And let me tell you something. There's a, there's a lot of negative stuff being told about this generation X and Z and all this stuff. The young ones that's all coming up. But I'm going to tell you something, they got they got some savvy about one thing, and there's some things that you can't put on with them about. Amen. I you go out here and you you can uh, talk love all you want, but if you don't have true love coming from your heart, they're going to pick up on it. They're going to pick up on it. Amen. Love should always be our motivation. Uh So, in closing, the prodigal, and I've told you I believe that God is going to be calling back the prodigal this year. The prodigal, the spiritually wounded, or any who have lost their way, needs to be loved and nourished back to the place or position that they once had in Christ in a caring and gentle way. Somebody that's hurt, been wounded, and they come in the door, and they come in the church door for the first time or whatever. They don't need somebody remind them what they've been doing. They know what they've been doing. Hallelujah! I'm so thankful for that message of the, uh, the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. When that father looked. And saw that son coming down the road. He ran out to meet him. And what was that son when he come to his right mind? He was in a pig pen. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been in the country and seen uh, uh, pig pens. He was so hungry, he was even trying to eat the same thing the hogs was eating. Darlene told me one time, she remember a time when they was having some hogs, and she says her mom would throw everything at the pigs. said she'd even take the dishwater and throw it to them. I said, what? Yeah. Well, that father ran and met that son took his ring off, put it on him. See, that ring signified something in the family. Once he had, he done got rid of his ring, done wasted from the family the money he had a long time ago. But his dad gave him his ring, put a ring on his hand. Once he got that ring again, that means he had a part to go buy anything dad could buy they used that and stamped it down. Think about that. There's a lot of spiritual things there. That. And there was a boy come out of the pig pen. He didn't He didn't say, come on, get you back to the house and you get some clean clothes on you, everything. He took his coat off. He put his robe around that boy. Why? I believe because dad didn't want nobody to see him the mud and the slime that was on him he covered him. when we get of the house back to the house the servants and everybody else they're not going to see the evidence of where you have been. you're, you're going to have my whole hallelujah that's the love I'm talking about church hallelujah the love we bring in the prodigal we bring we bring in the spiritually wounded and those who have lost their way we may speak truth, but we do it in love. Amen. With gentleness. The last scripture, Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Don't, Ronnie said a while ago, don't never say what you ain't going to do. Don't ever brag and say, I, I would never get out there in the world and do what that one did. You better be careful. You better be careful. When we try to win somebody and bring somebody back in, we do it, amen, considering our own self and that could have been me. Something could have happened that hurt me so bad amen that would get me out my old, that happened to my old brother that old brother that time it worked on his mind so much he got to drink and, uh, drank for many years but the church should be a a spiritual hospital and God's not only concerned about those who's never been in. He's concerned about those that's lost their way. But there's one thing I'm proud of. And I'm thankful for that. God has used me and I've always been with Him. my main ministry, everybody who's called in ministry has has a specific calling. God has always used me for restoration. I can take a lot of time and tell you different ones. God wants it. Some people say, well, come back to the church, sit there on that pew, put your money in, But because of what you've done, you can't never be be anything in the church no more. If you was a teacher, you can't teach no more. If you was on the platform leading worship, you can't do that no more. If you was a preacher, you can't preach no more. You need to go back and look what restoration means. If God brings somebody back, he restores them fully. And I'm thankful for scattered all around this country, there are churches with pastors that's come under my tutelage because I was willing to help them get back on their feet. That's what God wants us all to do. And I'm going to tell you, I promise you, I have been thrown under the bus, I have been ridiculed. That's what God's got us for, church. Hallelujah. That's what God's got us for. Let's stand together. And I hope that we all get focused in our mind that we're going to reach more in 24. And for somebody that needs prayer, we're going to give you that opportunity right now. Maybe you just need to pray and say, Lord, I need you to help me. Give me boldness. That I can speak the truth. Give me the boldness. Be honest with somebody. But help me to do it. Amen, Spirit of meekness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
3: right now, in the name of Jesus God I pray you touch right now in
1: the name of Jesus Lord God come right now God the panic attacks God and the anxiety in Jesus name Lord take it right now Lord in the name of Jesus Lord right now God I come against all these panic attacks Lord the spirit Lord behind us in Jesus name Hallelujah! Hallelujah Hallelujah right now Lord in Jesus name Yes, Jesus, right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, God.
3: Hallelujah.
1: The spirit of anxiety and the panic attacks in Jesus' name, let there be peace. Let there be peace in this soul right now, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. There it goes. There it goes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Clap our hands and claim it in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, in the name of Lord Jesus, God. God, Lord, we come to you right now. You are the healer, you are the deliverer. Right Lord, now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, God, I pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, God, for the problems, his, his legs, and Lord, in His knees and
3: legs,
2: heal right now, Lord, heal in Jesus'
1: name, heal in virtue, heal in virtue, heal in virtue. Heal in virtue. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, touch right now, God. Healing power, Lord. Healing power. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah, God.
3: Thank
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread. Whew. My, 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 my. Thank you, Lord. God, I worship you. I praise you. I give you glory and honor right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Appreciate everybody that's here today. We're praying for those that's not here due to sickness and many of you watching online and uh, just uh, stay safe uh, and warm these next few days. I'm going to dismiss so you can go to the store and get your milk and bread like every other good Tennessean's doing before it all gets sold out. (laughs) Hallelujah. But uh, Uh, If things do get to where we uh, won't have service Wednesday night, we will let you know by sometime Wednesday morning. Hallelujah. Let's um, bow our heads and thank God for this service. Father, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the service today. We thank you for the presence of the Lord we felt in our midst. Now, Lord, I pray that as we dismiss that your presence will go with everybody. Keep everybody safe. Keep them safe on the road. And watch over us, God, in our homes till it's time to meet again. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, let everybody say, Amen. God bless you. We love you. In the-